This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Yesterday morning, I spoke with Elliot Pulse, who is making $80,000 a month after being $90,000 in debt just three short years ago. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning. I hope everybody slept well. You're going to love my guest day. His name is Colin Huggins. And listen, I met Colin through a mutual friend named Nick in New York. And I, I was living in New York on Washington Square Park. And I'd always go out in the mornings with a cup of coffee and kind of watch the musicians play. And, you know, we all assume things about these musicians. You know, maybe you assume that they do this because they have to for a living. Maybe you assume they're actually really rich and they're out there just making free money because they enjoy it. But long story short is I I learned about this guy named Colin and he brings a grand piano, puts it right under the arc on Central Square, I mean, sorry, in Washington Square Park in New York. And his story is really, really interesting. So I asked him, I said, Colin, I want you to come on the show. He said, yes. So Colin, are you ready to take us to the top? I am ready to take you and everyone listening to the top. I love that. Well, speaking of listeners, there is always a huge crowd around you in Washington Square Park. Walk us through how you do your schedule when you're out there and how you get that crowd. All right. Well, I am out there every Saturday and Sunday. Um, I bring a baby grand piano. It's a Yamaha, as uh, as you've seen. Um, and uh, I get there in the morning and I play all day and then I push it back to the storage space at night. And uh People seem to enjoy it. <laughs> so it's every Saturday and Sunday. What time do you start and what time do you end? Uh, I get there in the mornings uh, around 10 a.m. And then uh, it depends on the season. If it's the summertime, I stay out until 10 p.m. Uh, if it's uh, the wintertime, I'll, I even play out there in February and March. Um, I usually only stay out until 3 or 4 when the, uh, when the sun goes behind uh, the NYU buildings there. Yep, yep. Okay, so walk us through this. What's it like? I mean, I remember in Washington Square Park, you're playing this beautiful music, but you're also competing with like these acrobatic street artists. And like, if there's a movie being filmed in Washington Square Park, you're competing with them and you're competing with the overly aggressive squirrels that are attacking everyone sitting on the bench watching you. How do you win? Why, the, why do the crowd stay on you? How do you beat these other street performers? Well, everybody comes at it at a, you know, at a very, uh, you know, different stance. Uh, each performer comes out there with their own way of gathering an audience. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I think that's something that, that your listeners would really appreciate because uh, some people go out there and they have to gather an audience by um, impressing them really quickly and trying to get money in the bucket really quickly. And other people like me um, will sit down and play for hours and they'll have people sit and listen for hours and, uh, and they, you know, show their value like that and get, and get their money in this way. And I think you'll You'll see in the business world how it how it's similar. Everybody has to go about showing their value and getting their money in, in their own special way. Colin, do you do anything? Let's say you bring the piano out though, and there's a lot of other distractions you're competing with. Do you do what do you do? What's the tactic you use to get that circle around your piano to get people listening if you're competing? Do you do anything audio wise or present presentation wise to do that? Yeah, I mean, it, a few things boil down to it, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean. You have to play loudly, and uh, and then once you've started to gather an audience, um, uh, you know you, you have to make sure that you just have a big voice that can be heard, 
And once you have your audience, then once you have at least like 15 to 20 people listening to you, other people in the park will see a crowd gathered there and they'll walk over and see if you ask the people around you, if you say, can you guys come a little bit closer to hear me? Um, they come closer and then what happens is, is that people from far away, they can't see what the people are looking at because it's blocked by the crowd that you've, that you've had gathered around you. All they see is a crowd of people intensely looking at something. And so they think, man, something awesome must be happening over there. Let's go check it out too. And so before you know it, you've, you've got a larger audience than anybody in the park. Well, so this is such a valuable lesson for the top tribe. Even if you only have 15 people, guys, listening to you, in Colin's case, it's a piano in Washington Square Park. Maybe you guys listening only have 15 people on your email list. The trick is, is to say something like what Colin does. Can you guys move closer? And you create a density of people looking at something, which perks curiosity from other passerbyers that might not engage at all to begin with. And that's how you build momentum. So Colin, that's fascinating. So let's say you're out there playing for hours and hours and, and no one's putting money in. What, what do you do? Are there things you say or things you do to engage with the crowd to get them to put a dollar or five or 10 or 20 in? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I play mostly classical music, which is fairly serious stuff. And I found that uh, uh, a little comic uh, relief, usually I'll say something funny about the composer or about myself or something like this. I'll say something like, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please feel free to drop a donation in the bucket. This is what I do for a living. Yes, my parents are very proud of me. <laughs> and, uh, and I get a, you know, there are a few other things that I say that are, some, some of it I came up with, some of it... Give uh, us one or two, give us one or two more that, that get people to take their wallet out and move to the bucket and drop the money in. Uh, another thing that you can do is you can ask people to make a lot of noise to help gather an audience. Even if you only have five people listening to you, you can say, all right, everybody, I, I, I'm going to count to three and you guys make a lot of noise. And uh, last week I said, uh, <laughs> I said... <laughs> I said, okay, listen, folks, I'm going to do something really awesome here, and I need you to make a lot of noise as if your apartment is on fire, and this awesome thing that I'm about to do is going to come to your rescue and save you and all of your Apple products. <laughs> and people make noise, and then that attracts a bigger audience. Yeah, yeah, because then again, people from, you know, 100 yards away will hear the people clapping and making noise, and they think, oh, something awesome must be happening over there, which again, I think is something that your listeners, you know, when... People are making noise, whether it's in real life or on the internet, you know, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Then other people say like, okay, fine, I'll check this out. Well, this is, I mean, I, I think that's why Inc. just said that the top of the podcast is number one above like really other big podcasts like Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, Entrepreneur on Fire. And I think the reason, Colin, is because we get amazing guests like you come on who are at the top and they're not just talking about business, but they're talking about strategies of persuasion and influencing people and drawing in crowds with psychology. And that's why so many people, millions of people are listening in. So walk me through, walk me through in an, in an average hour, let's say Actually, it's on an average day, on a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. About how many donations will you get in the bucket? Uh, well, here's, here's, here's where the money comes up. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Being a street performer, it's not that great to talk about money. But I'm, I tell you what, I thought about this, and I'm going I'm to make an exception for you. Uh, when I first started doing this um, uh, about nine years ago, uh, over the course of a day, I really wouldn't make that much money. I would make somewhere between $100 and $150 in a day. Um, it was just barely enough to pay my rent. Um, now that I've, I've really 
perfected the art of doing this, uh, I rarely make less than $1,000 in a day. And that's from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., say, on a Saturday. Yeah, so it's it's a long day, but but for most musicians, artists, it's really it's really a pretty a pretty good day. Um, what changed? What changed from nine years ago to now? How do you you basically ten x your performance income wise? But I imagine you you've always been a great piano player. So what changed? Um, I started to learn more about what people want and what they uh, what they value in a in a performance, um, uh, specifically a, a a piano performance. There's certain kinds of music and there's certain kinds of musical structures that draw people in and uh, make them really value and appreciate what, what I do. Uh, so in the beginning, I didn't really understand that. And as I watched people's faces um, and watched what they reacted to, I learned to say, okay, I, I should not play this piece and, and I'll try a new piece. Okay, trying this new piece and this works fabulous. People are really drawn in, you know, what is it about this piece that people love so much? And then I just, from there, I, uh, you know, you weekend after week, I just uh, got better at, at, uh, at, at doing what I do. So is there a strategy to, you're looking, we're looking at a bird's eye view of the grand piano, the crowds around you. Is there a strategic place where you put the bucket, where if you put it there, you get X amount more donations for whatever reason? Um, a little bit, you know, the bucket is more about convenience. I've found it's really like I, for instance, I used to bring an, an upright piano out there, and I would put a bucket on the other side of the piano, and um, and uh, people behind me wouldn't just be able to see it. And so you just you know, just like uh, if you're putting up a website, you have to make sure that if there's a place to purchase things or to donate, you just have to make sure that it's in a very convenient place that's really easy for people to get to. So now I have two buckets on either side of me. Okay, so yeah, I was going to ask you, like, do you put a bucket on the piano, but maybe people don't want to like go up because they're scared to go up that close. So do you kind of have you kind of have to put it in the in the walkways to the left and the right of the piano where people are already naturally walking? It's easy for them to just drop in and keep walking. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. It's e it's easy for people to just naturally drop it. It's also easy for for drug addicts to come and try and steal money. Out do of they it, really but, try uh, and steal it? Yeah. What? Yeah, from time to time. But it's what do you do? Do you tackle them? What do you do? Um, you know. If I chase after them, and usually there's an audience watching me, and I chase after them, and I get angry, and then I come back to the piano, and I say, you know, sorry about that, folks. It's just what I have to deal with. Then usually people are sympathetic, and, and they I end up getting almost more donations about it. So I'm thinking about actually... So do you hire drug addicts to come attack your bucket of money to make more money? Yeah, because I think it might actually boost... Uh, Amen, boost brother. I love I love this psychology. Everyone on the interview is going, "Oh my gosh, okay, how can I apply this to like online marketing?" And this is great stuff. Last question, last question. Sure. You have a crowd around you, 40, 50 people, they're making noise. One person finally gets the guts to go up and drop money in the bucket. Do you say anything publicly when they drop it in the bucket to encourage crowd dynamic to get other people to drop it in after the first person has does it? Uh Usually when people are dropping money, uh, I just give them a smile or a nod. Um, uh, the only time I, I really point people out is when uh, someone buys a CD. I might yell something like, uh, kind of sarcastic, like, his life will never be the same, you know, as he's walking away. And I'll look around at the audience and I'll say, and so can yours just for $10, or you can all remain losers. The choice is yours. A <laughs> little bit of peer pressure. I love it. 
Well, well, this is great, Con. You know, listen, I'm getting excited. We're getting to my favorite part of the show, but first, I just want to re-articulate. You started this nine years ago, making 100 to 150 bucks a day, and you're doing it basically all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Now, today, nine years later, you're making about a thousand. You rarely make less than a thousand dollars a day, both on Saturday and Sunday. So it's two thousand bucks a week, or well over a hundred thousand bucks a year, just from the piano playing. Is that about accurate? That's about accurate. You have to factor in, though, there are lots of other expenses that, that, that come into this. I wish I wish I were actually dropping 100000 in the bank. but Well, we're just talking top line before expenses. Yeah. yeah Do you yeah, have to yeah, pay yeah. to rent space I, in Washington Square what's Park? That? What's that? Do you have to pay for the space in Washington Square Park, or can any street performer roll up and start performing? No, um... Any performer can roll up and start performing, but again, that's another reason why I was reluctant to, to mention how much I make because now I'm worried that I'm going to walk into the park tomorrow and there's going to be 100 people out there with pianos. No, people are going to be looking for you now. See, all the people listening right now, they're going to want to go support you. You're going to I bet I bet next Saturday and Sunday that you go out after the release of this episode, you will see a 5x increase in your donations because we have a lot of people uh, listening from New York and they're going to come see you. Uh, I really appreciate it. There you that. go. Okay, Top Tribe, companies are wanting to sponsor the show for a lot of money, and I'm telling them all no. So help me out and go subscribe on iTunes. When you do, email me at nathanlatka at gmail.com, and I will email you back a surprise that you're really going to love. All right, Colin, it is now my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's next? Uh, is it the five questions? Boom. Hey, that's close. It is time for the famous five. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, number one, Colin, what is your favorite business or marketing or strategy or piano playing book? My favorite uh, music book is a book called, uh, it's by Harold Schoenberg. It's called The uh, Greatest Composers. And it gives an overview of every major composer, uh, every major classical composer, their lives, their own strategies. And it's something that I've always referred to when I need to understand my music better. I love that. Okay, guys, and again, to get all the links, the data, I even will put a picture of Colin playing in the park so you can see the crowd and the dynamic. Go to my website in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 88. Again, forward slash the top 88 for all of the book links and other links for Colin's stuff. Number two, Colin, what is your favorite or is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? There isn't one that I'm following right now. I actually, when I was thinking about this question, uh, but that's something that comes to mind is I'm probably a little bit older than some of the other people you interview. And someone that I didn't even realize that I was following almost my whole life is Steve Jobs. Um, I watched him come out with the first Macintosh, the, the, the little kind of cube computers. And, uh, and I, I, I watched him all along and I always found it very fascinating how he connected with, uh, with his his market uh, and I, I use a lot of that uh, to develop my own ideas. I love that. Okay, number three, Colin, is there a tool that you really like using, preferably online? Um, there is uh, the tool called um, uh, ISMLP. Uh, I believe that's right. Um, it's connected uh, with Wikipedia. Um, it's the it's the music resource that uh, has all of um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. IMSLP. I'm sorry. Uh, that has the the entire library of of um, uh, online classical music, and it's uh, it's very useful. IMSLP. It's uh, connected with Wikipedia. Okay, great. IMSLP. Now, 
uh, real quick, I have to ask this. This isn't part of the usual Famous Five column, but what do you do in real life? In in, in real life? Uh, During the week. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Monday, through, <laughs> Monday through Friday, I usually work on other projects. I'm uh, working right now uh, with a charity organization called the Reciprocity Foundation that works with uh, homeless youth in New York City. And I actually... Um, and writing songs for kids uh, who are homeless who like to sing, and I listen to their voices and I write songs for their voices wow. and uh, and record them, and then I give them a link um, which they can then sell um, uh, and collect donations. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's a very uh, it's a powerful it's cause. A yeah, yeah it's I a love that. Project. So you're doing a lot. I mean, you're keeping so yourself very busy. Yes or no, Colin? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? I do not. You know, I I actually the last three days I was looking at how much sleep I'm getting. I, I get between six and seven. Uh, I I work quite a lot, and uh, and and I I found that just about anybody who is uh, you know really putting the, a lot of energy into something, um, uh, it's it's very difficult to get eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. Okay, number five. You know, the Top Tribe loves listening in con because this show saves them a lot of time. So how old are you right now? I'm 37. Okay, take me back 17 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? There are two things that I would tell my 20-year-old self. Number one, I would save myself all of the stupid jobs I worked between when I first started working and started street performing. And I would just say, dude, take a piano out on the streets. I know it seems crazy. I know it seems scary, but you're going to really learn a lot and be a much happier person. And the other thing I would tell myself is not to fall in love with that girl that I fell in love with. Oh, well, let's hope that girl is not listening. Um <laughs> Very good, Colin. And if people want to follow your journey online, do you have a website or anything where people can check out the charity or your website? Uh, yeah, the best places to find me online are either, um, my website is down at the moment, it's going to be up soon, but that's colinhuggins.nyc. Um, and uh, the charity uh, uh, that I work with at the project is the Colin Huggins Art Collective, and you can just Google Colin Huggins Art Collective or go to the Facebook page, and there's a video there of a woman with terminal cancer uh, singing a song, which is uh, really very beautiful. I think a lot of your listeners would really appreciate it. Well, again, we'll certainly link to that in the show notes. I want everybody to see that at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top 88. So, Colin, what a story from nine years ago to quitting your job and starting street performing and really doing a hundred bucks per day or about 7,000 bucks for the year to now nine years later, rarely doing less than a grand per day or about a hundred K top line per month. Thank you so much for taking us to the top. My pleasure. Coming up tomorrow morning, I speak with a poker player who turned himself into a magician and now does $5 million advertisements with Ezra Winter, the world's best writer. Okay, Top Tribe, companies are wanting to sponsor the show for a lot of money, and I'm telling them all no. So help me out and go subscribe on iTunes. When you do, email me at nathanlatka at gmail.com, and I will email you back a surprise that you're really going to love. <laughs>